Warning, the following podcast contains adult language and childish comedy. Listener discretion is advised. And now, please adjust your headphone volume to an unreasonable level and enjoy the most dynamic and electrifyingly entertaining podcast ever to conquer cyberspace. This is Amish Baby Machine. and welcome to the most powerful podcast ever created, the Amish Baby Machine Pop Culture Podcast starring me, Dags. Today we have a powerful episode and we have a powerful guest and our powerful assistant manager, Mike Rez. Let's go to Mike Rez first. Welcome. Hello, Dags. How are you? Powerful. I'm in a great mood. We're going to have a great show today. We're going to review a beer. We have a powerful TV show on Netflix we're going to talk about. It's going to be a great show. And on the other side of you, across this powerful oaken desk, is Johnny Rage. I'd like to know what the word oaken, I hear you use that a lot. What does that mean, oaken? What do you think it means? Well, that's why I'm asking you. What is oaken? Oaken? Do you I, have a joke or a, not? No, no, I'm just, I, I get, because you in, introduced him first. You are so dumb. You are really dumb. For real. I never really hear what you say, but this time I actually watched, I heard you say oaken, but it's, it's, <laughs> it's a pleasure to be here. Um, I love, by the way, I want to make a general comment. I see your fancy new electronic system, this board, this mixing board you have. You know what that reminds me of? No. What does it remind you of? A light bright. So light bright. That will be light what I bright. call from this point. Powerful forward. retro. We are a powerful retro podcast. Let's get some beats going here. Let's get this show started. Ladies and gentlemen, would you please rise for Johnny Rage? Yeah. Nice. Ladies and gentlemen, would you please rise for Johnny Rage? Mike, Mike, Mike Raz. Powerful. Mike, 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 power. Mike Raz. Mike, Mike Raz. I'll lead an effective strategy to mobilize <laughs> true international depression. I'll lead an effective strategy to mobilize true international depression. Mobilize true international depression. Oh, thanks. You son of a bitch. Powerful show today. Mike Rez has got a powerful beer review. As I said before, we have our powerful Netflix series we're going to talk about. And we have Johnny Rage. Welcome, Johnny Rage. You know, no words needed during that intro with that little fancy mix that you had there. That's awesome. Thanks. I enjoyed mm. that. Very Thank nice. you. Yeah. You really uh, stepped it up here since I... Now we are going to enjoy a drink here as I bump the microphone. Okay. We have a powerful beverage. Mike Rez, tell the fans of Flock of Amish what we're going to enjoy here. Oh, God. It's Jepson's Malort Liqueur. Because Powerful. we're fancy. It's liqueur. We talked about this a couple episodes ago. Remind the fans of Flock of Amish about that. It's from Chicago, the fine, fine liqueur city of Chicago. Chicago. 35% alcohol. Wow. And we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna see what it's like. Powerful. Johnny Rage got arrested in uh, Chicago back in the 80s. I did. I really? Did. <laughs> True story. <laughs> mob related? <laughs> no, it wasn't. It was a mob of Crooked people. Crooked cop related? No. Oh. Uh, yeah, no. <laughs> that'll be it. That'll be one of our crime episodes that we'll talk about. Oh, one of the true crime episodes. What yeah. does it smell? I like? thought you're gonna put it in a brown bag and just swing. It smells it. like Teen Spirit. Looks like a big bottle. Right, Talks amongst yourselves. It looks I like a big. This. Looks like a. Uh, look at the laboratory. I think I uh, described that as looking like urine. 
from somebody who's really dehydrated. Are you a fan of Miller High Life, Mr. Rez? Do you I am. Do you mind if I, I call like, you Mr.? That's oh, not look like a bottle of Miller High Life from behind. It, it does. The champagne of beer. You won't find any guy more dedicated to one brand of beer than myself. I'm a Miller High Life only. We've talked, that Jags and I have talked about these craft beers, which you have reviewed here on the show. Right. Not a fan, sorry. Oh, that's okay. It's craft beer is a, is, a, is a taste that's refined for sure. But don't you think that a lot of it is the, the name itself is what draws people to it? They don't really like the taste, but they like, you know, monkey piss is the name or <laughs> crafty, dirty monkey. It's all I, in the I name. I like the, the art on the labels. That's yeah. really what gets it's me. It's kind of like when you go to the Midway, you know, back when you were a kid, <laughs> the State Fair, yep. those, the, those caricature type two-headed snake man or something. That's yeah. what the craft we, beer. We talked about that too, the uh, freak shows. Love. different freak shows. At yeah, we State did. Uh, I like the snake. Johnny the snake Rage, one. what was your favorite freak show at the Minnesota State Fair? Zambora. Gorilla, gorilla Woman. She oh, tur- yes. The Amazon. Remember Zambora? Yeah. I did see, you know, you guys did an episode two about the lobster boy. I did see that one. And he was not a boy when I saw him. He was an old man. But I saw Lobster Boy. Uh, Zambora was one of my favorite. I, I love the caricature pictures of Lobster Boy. They put like his head a likeness of his head on an actual lobster. Right. <laughs> and you're like, you Oh my God, I got to get this. I got to look at this, you know? And then you get in there and it's like, where's the resemblance again? You know, he's got these little hand, you know, he's right. missing all of his fingers. And well, the woman that turned into a gorilla, that was sweet mirror magic that they always used. Is that what it was? Yep. Well, you're, yeah. you know that better than I do, but man, it was uh, terrifying when all of a sudden Zambora would become a woman and, and then she would charge. They charged you, and everybody would run out of the tent, you know. <laughs> powerful. Are you guys ready? Are you ready for this powerful? Do, is that what I, do I smell it already? Go ahead. Smell it, Let's Johnny see. Rich. Can I warn you guys? I have a low-grade fever, but yeah. that, that shouldn't smell bother it. should it? We're smell. smelling it right now. It smells horrible. It smells yeah. like bad. It smells like teen spirit. Yeah. What? I mean. It's definitely a teen locker room. I don't remember my contract getting me drunk all right here. here we go this if you get drunk on one shot then uh cheers all right here we go get it over here get over here boys yeah go whoa i've had worse what do you think johnny rage um horrible <laughs> isn't it it's not good but it's I've supposedly had worse. the hor- the worst booze you can drink oh it's i agree yeah, with it's, that it's, it's worse than that it's absolutely horrible what do you think not good and i hope we never do this wow again. you know what i would rather have the end Hot sauce, <laughs> smothering a, a chicken finger right now. Now, I was expecting worse because it was rated that's, like as the worst alcohol right, that's ever. That's what you hear, yeah. Oh. How bad it is. It's, oh. it's not good. It's terrible. Yes. And from now on, every guest that comes in has to take a shot that we finish the bottle. Oh, yes. We need some type of uh, chip or something to... to we should have been prepared. We need a potato. Something quickly. Grab something to cleanse the palate, ah, if you will. I, I mean, this is horrible. Absolutely horrible. Isn't it? You, yeah. want, a, you want an energy drink now? You want Maybe. to pull off? <laughs> Maybe. I mean. Do you want me to grab you one? Or go ahead, no, grab no, one. No, I need like salt. I mean, there's, All right. Okay. But. Oh, Powerful. Not good. That was Jepson's Malort. What are you drinking there as far as energy drinks, Mike or uh, Today we got the uh, adrenaline shock. Smart Energy. This is number five for watermelon for people that are not aware of what their flavor number five is. Are you gonna yeah. crack that open and enjoy? Yeah, it? I am. We're gonna we gotta tell everybody about it first though. It's got sure. uh, you know, you got your natural caffeine, 
your ocean minerals are electrolytes, and then we have your boosted performance with your nine essential amino acids. Out of the nine essential amino acids, which one are your favorites? Johnny Rage, what is your favorite essential amino acid? Um, B1. B1. That's yeah. a vitamin, but I'll, I will give you that. B2? Be whoever you want. Yes. Be yeah. all you can be, Johnny yeah. Rage. Thank you. B69 is one of my favorites. Powerful. Ones. We are cracking it open right now. So that's yeah. not a beer this time. No, this is the... Uh, an energy drink. We're gonna. You, are you gonna put a little? You're gonna share the yeah, love. Gonna yeah, you gotta get that taste <laughs> of your oh, I need something. <laughs> I need something here. This, uh. That good? You want more? No, this will be fine. Just you a little. A shot. We are sharing a shot. The drink. Energy Ooh. drink. Smelling. What do you think, Johnny Rage? Well, it's got that. It's better. Stereotypical energy drink feel to it. Very medicinal. Very chemically. It, it always has that. Chemical? You know, that, that smell that you have. You open it up and you smell it instantly. It's what just, is that? Like a chemical smell or what? Are you, well, that, it's a smell of energy drink. It's a smell of energy. Does it smell like chloroform? It tastes like a, mm. uh, like a monster. Mm, like a regular yeah. monster. Yeah. There's that flavor that they have. What is that? Uh, generic? No, but when you pop them open, those energy drinks, you always, it's, it's the first thing you smell. The is waft? That's, yeah. The, the waft? <laughs> that's a, yeah. Okay. The waft, the waft. We must find somebody to find out what that is. Powerful. Yeah. It's not horrible. Did it get the taste out of your mouth of the Malort? Not really. <laughs> no, it tastes really. like Malort and watermelon. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, God, we're going to have a great show today. Uh, we have a lot to talk about. I want to first start out our powerful banter, the Salvation Army. I went to the grocery store, and the Salvation Army dude is in front ringing the bell. Already? It seems early. Don't they kick that off? Macy's Thanksgiving Parade. So what do you guys do? Do you guys avoid eye contact or what do you do? Put your head down and then barrel through? Do you give them a heads up? What's up? Do you give them money? What do you do? Well, I'm just what curious. I, what I like is they don't know how much money you're giving because they give you this tiny, tiny little hole to put it in. Do you think they know though? How much you're giving? Yes. They, they have no idea. I don't think they care. I, I wonder if they have like a scale or they can tell. Half the time, <laughs> half the time, I'm not even putting anything in it. I just make it look like I am. Okay. You know, but they're off ringing. Thank you. But it's so tiny. You can crumple up a dollar and barely get it in there, but feel good about yourself. So that is one I do give to. Wait, yeah. So you honestly, every time you see them, you give them money? Or I'm, not, I'm not going to say every single time, but I think, uh, you know, I usually try to every other year do it at least once. That whole that crumpled up dollar they have in my pocket. Mike Rez, how about you? I don't do it every time, but I do give quite a bit because my uncle is like huge into volunteering and he's a he's a kettle ringer in West St. Paul here in Minnesota. So I kind of feel guilty if I don't, knowing how many hours he puts into it. And I know they're just ringing bells and listening to music and drinking hot chocolate and they're just trying to get people's attention to it. But yeah, I try to put something in every time, but it doesn't always work out. You know, being 80% I, of the time though. You know, like your uncle, I myself too have been a sidewalk. Uh, what do you call that? Bender. Freak show? Sidewalk bender. Uh, no, I'm, I'm Zambora. But <laughs> I have, I have, they have what they call a Tootsie Roll drive. I don't know if any of you are familiar with that. With the old banks? The old Tootsie coin bank? No, no. Tootsie Roll. The caramel chewy goodness. Right. You know what a Tootsie Roll is? Yeah, Let I do, but sometimes you get you get a little. Have you seen the Tootsie Roll coin banks? I have not. I'm sorry. Ooh, no, these are actual actual edible Tootsie Rolls, and you stand in front of these select stores, and when people come up, you say, "Would you like a Tootsie Roll?" You're never supposed to ask for money, but you say, "Would you like a Tootsie Roll?" And then because you've got a bucket with staged cash in it, they're supposed to put two and two together. Oh, 
I'm supposed to pay for these now. And so you notice the generosity of those people. And it kind of carries through when I go to the Salvation Army. So I do the same for them if I can. I try to support that. How about you, Dags? You, you brought it up. Uh, you trip the guy, don't you? I don't know. Some, I just feel like I'm assaulted. It's like um, Girl Scout cookies, too. They have the table there, and you're, they force you to buy them. <laughs> yeah, they guilt you into it? Yes. Yeah. I don't appreciate it. You feel it. threatened by yes. the bell? Or is it the Yeah, it's the Which ringing, one? the bell, and then they, I don't know. Now, do you want your Salvation Bell Ringer singing Christmas carols while he's ringing the bell? Can they still do that or not? Oh, yeah. They do it all the time. The one by my house at the grocery store by my house, they, uh, they actually bring out the radio and the CDs, and they crank that son of a bitch. Do they bring out the cardboard so I can do some breaking? Oh. Break dancing? I bet they'd get more money if you were allowed to break in electric boogaloo and shit. Yes. Powerful. Yeah. Let me ask you this question, though. You talked about giving to the Salvation Army, and I did the Tootsie Roll thing. It reminds me of when I go to the convenience store and you purchase something, and you don't want to break that 20, and it's like $3.12, but you don't have the 12 cents. One time I found myself thinking that it was a, you know, people put their extra change in a little jar. I found myself reaching into this thing, and I, go, I was so happy because I found 12 cents because I didn't want to break a 20. And everybody was looking at me and I found out it was like, save Jose and feed his family. It was a collection <laughs> and it had nothing to do. <laughs> so, it wasn't a leave a penny, take a penny. Uh, it was not. <laughs> but is there, a, is there a, a, a change amount that you guys kind of expect now that the teller will just say, oh, don't worry about it. Because now with COVID, we can't even deal with change anymore. Or really not supposed to deal with cash. But I mean, what point do you think you should break that 20? Are you hoping they the cashier says, don't worry about it. Or don't you guys have well, I do everything with the tap now. You know, the chip. Oh, so you don't even I have cash. a smart belt buckle. I just put my belt buckle down on there. Okay. Powerful. Okay. No, I really don't. I don't carry cash anymore. It's just tap. I carry less cash, but when I do, I feel guilty if it's like what you said, that amount and you only have a 20. Yeah. But I've had situations where it's like, you know, anywhere under 10 cents or like, get it. Yeah. No, we got it or whatever. But yeah. If anything over that, though, it's like sometimes you can't help it. Yeah. I just, I hate breaking that 20 because then you break it and it's like gone. So you're hoping, come on, dude, 12 cents. Can't you like find it back there? You know, and then sometimes they do. I don't worry about it. I've had that happen, but. Yeah. Uh, well, it depends because I've worked retail and some stores are so crazy about being right to the penny mm-hmm. that it comes out of the cashier's checks. Ooh. If it's not, depending on the store. I mean, I've worked at big corporate the big corporate stores are the ones that are most mm-hmm. crazy about how come you're three cents off. They, they break it down. You think they'd give them like a plus or margin of error of maybe no, $25? No, they don't do that at all. I mean, if you're, <laughs> if you're negative three cents, they come knocking. You need, you... Some, some corporations will, yeah. Oh, yeah, like evil the, the big corporations. I used to work at uh, Super America, which is a convenience store for Flock out of the state. Are we well, still Speedways. called Super America? It's not still it's Speedways, Speedway, but it was yeah. Super America back then. And they were, if you were... Five cents or more off, it came out of your check. Yeah, I, I don't think, yeah. It's like, wow. it, was, it was stupid. I do tap only, and when I'm really pissed, I do a double tap. Now, when you say tap, do you mean double like, tap like in a the fear? Head? What's that? In the head? Thank you for getting that. I knew Johnny Rage would go right over his head. Now, hey, getting back to your thing. Now, let's, Mozambique. Let's say, let's say when you were a cashier and you were to yep. the positive, did, they, did that reflect in your check? Fuck no. Oh, <laughs> they didn't care. They're thanks Evil, for the extra. Evil empire. <laughs> That's an injustice. Powerful. Yeah. 
And what's the deal with, uh, you know, you're talking about Tootsie Rolls and those, what's that, the world's greatest candy? Is that what it is? Charleston Chew? Chocolate? Charleston Chew? World's greatest chocolate. Is what the candy bar. Yeah, the right? one that you, you give away to make money. Yep. Yeah. Why is everything shrinking? Well, and the Girl Scout cookies, since you brought those up, those are getting smaller too. Yes. Uh, this past Halloween, my wife bought these candy bars. I mean, they're, I mean, we knew that those were shrinking. They were like this big. You can't see this via, because it's a podcast. Yes, uh, now, John, now, Johnny Rage, now they're put, like put quarter, that thing back in there. Now they're like a quarter size. Zip it up. They're like a quarter size of what the fun size used to be. And I was pissed off at the fun size. So yeah, The fun size isn't so fun anymore. No, no, no not at all. That's, it's not good when it comes to We need candy. big, powerful, throbbing candy bars for Johnny Rage. Mm-hmm. Well, the Snickers have veins in them too, so. Gross. What? Say something, Snickers. Snickers and vein. What are you talking about? <laughs> the Malord has gone to your head. <laughs> am I am I breaking something up by being here with you too? <laughs> you really are. I mean, you two are usually here by yourself. Yes, I know. Why are the lights off? By the way, yes. You have it's a mood, they, mood they Why is there a candle here yeah. flickering? What what scent is that candle anyway? Gasoline and glass shards. Ooh, look at that light bright in front of you, Dags. The, yes. po- the power you have oh, with your eyes. Give me a please rise for Johnny Rage, oh, please. Thanks. Ladies and gentlemen. Would you please rise for Johnny uh, Rage? Lay it on me. La- ladies and gentlemen. Ladies and gentlemen. Lay down some tracks. Rise for Johnny Mike Powerful. Our lead an effective strategy to mobilize true international over depression. I love that. True still international over depression. True international depression? I don't know what he's saying. The votes are still out there. Johnny Rage, let's go. Let's get the energy going. What do you want me to talk about? I'm here. I'm here. I'm here just uh, ma- making well, sure. Well, you want to be on the show? Let's get He's it going, the eye man. candy in this episode. <laughs> I'm, I'm, uh, I'm bringing it here. This is what you get. Now, we do have some powerful movie giveaways coming up soon. We got three different movies. Three uh, huge movies. Huge movies with 80 stars. We're excited. We're going to be giving those away soon. So please stay tuned. We do have our powerful YouTube channel. I got a new video I'm working on. I just uh, recently did one where I had the world's hottest gummy bear, 9 million Scoville units. Huge. Yes. Like Arez did that also. So we got that to look forward to. Are you up next, Johnny Rage? Uh, No. I will never put myself through that, uh, what appeared. I mean, Dags was like, I watched yours too. You seem to handle it better than he did, I got to admit. I <laughs> well, my voice I, didn't change. I mean, Dave's was like At in least tears. I didn't say it over no. and over. <laughs> Powerful. <laughs> he was definitely, you could see he was affected by that. Powerful. But. Make sure you subscribe to our powerful YouTube channel where we have powerful videos coming up. And uh, Micah Rez, you want to tell anyone about your powerful show? Uh, not much has changed since the last episode, so no. Just listen you know, to the 945 show. Yeah, and check us out uh, on Twitter at Amish B Machine. Check out Mike Rez Radio. Yes. We do have our powerful merch. We're going to have you guys check that out too. Powerful mugs, hoodies, stickers, whatever you need, we have. And Mike Rez, we did enjoy a TV show. We did. Netflix. Yeah, do we want to quickly go over the cider, the beer review, and the music before we do the yeah, today today was all fucked up because of Johnny Rage. So just whatever you want to do. We'll we'll edit it in, in the right yes. order. <laughs> There'll be no editing. I'm done editing. Are you? Yes. You've had enough? Yes. Sweet. Episodes will come out faster that way too. <laughs> they will. <laughs> every every day we'll have one every day. Yeah. All right. So let's quickly get into the uh the beer review, which is a cider. 
So we won't spend much time on it because it wasn't very, very exciting. Uh, the Rustic Apple from Sweetland Orchard. It's a very dry cider, which most ciders are. This one is sweet, but not much else to it. Uh, it's 7% alcohol by volume. There's no IBUs because it's a cider, so I don't even think they even talk about bitterness units when it comes to ciders. I'm not really sure. Now, Johnny Rage, you're not really big into the craft beers. How about ciders? Are you, you do ciders or does anyone do ciders? Uh, no, I am not uh, of a female. That's a woman drink. I'm sorry to tell you. <laughs> I mean, men drink high life and that's all we drink. I'm a, I'm, you will never find anybody as dedicated and loyal to, I, I, I have offers all the time. Have you ever tried spider in your face? The, the, no, I drink Miller High Life and people have tried to sway me. There, this is what I tell you. There are three things you can do with a beer, three different tastes, but there are thousands of names you can give them. Okay. Yep. There is not any beer that has come out with a, a flavor that I'm like, gosh, this is so much different than all the 300 other. No, it's all the same thing. It's just different cans. That's, would you agree to a certain extent? To a certain extent, yeah. I mean, I know you can put in, like, with the craft beers, different levels of hops and malts. But, I mean, I get what you mean. I mean, friggin' High Life is sweet. Yeah. it's So, I mean, it's a classic. But, yeah, this Rustic Apple uh, from Sweetland Orchard out of Webster, Minnesota, it, it's pretty average. Um, we're going to give this a, a rating based on apple bushels, and we're going to give it a three. Three bushels out of five? Yep, three out of five bushels of apples. Now, I love apple juice, but some of the ciders, I like the drier ones. Now, I, some taste like pear juice. Have you had that? Where it's This like, is pretty close to pear juice. Yeah, why is that? I, I don't is know. Is it because of the sugar they content? Add, they add pear sometimes to ciders. Yeah, because I've had them, and it's like, why does this taste like pear juice? Yeah, you can actually get a hard pear drink, you know, like a cider, but it's made out of pears i should try one it probably tastes like apple <laughs> yeah that's you why, might like it you like the weird taste yeah. of beer shit so. speaking of that right now we're all gonna try hard water <laughs> is you that the, the uh, fair state co-op hard Seltzer? water here we go pouring the hard we're water putting it in the same johnny rage do don't, the, don't johnny do don't some, spill it on your light bright oh, there okay but johnny on. rage do some uh talking while i pour it here all right Dags is now tipping the can over into rez's cup Rez draws it to his nose, takes that initial sniff, doesn't like what he sees. It, well, I think because mine has a lot of the Malort still left over. <laughs> it, is it supposed to be this brown? Is it brown? I don't know. I, I got, it's probably I got, got like some, a little the Malort had I, to I got it, a yeah. question for both of you. Are yes. you just trying to get me drunk so you can take advantage of me? By yes. The time this is, over? <laughs> is, is the candle working? <laughs> Put that, that latch on the door. Why is the door shut? <laughs> right All right, here we go. Cheers. What are those whips and chains sure. in the back here? Here we go. Cheers. Cheers. Do we have to? Uh, I mean, I like to just swig. I don't like to just down things. Oh, just swig it. Ooh, that's dry. Oh, Johnny Rage is trying it. That makes that other thing taste good. Whatever this thing is, <laughs> <laughs> it's horrible. Uh, <laughs> I mean, is this just stuff you found rolling around in dumpsters? This and it's is, like, uh, hard water. Is this? It's oh. Lemongrass. <laughs> oh, who drinks this? Really? This who is hard water by Fair State Brewing Cooperative. Ugh. Yeah, I get it. Is lemongrass, ginger, mm. and lemon. Yeah, you can taste all of that. You know, hard the one, water. The one good thing about this stuff is it probably clears our bodies of COVID. The last two drinks that we had, so. I mean, it's horrible. So yes. what? So why would you have to add lemon if there's lemongrass? I know. When it? I said that, I go, did, did I just repeat myself? It's I, don't, I don't get that part. Lemongrass, ginger, and lemon. Yeah. Rez, you've got that sophisticated 
Oh, palette. What do you think? No, it's not good. You don't like it. What do you think about this uh, high-end crystal we're using to drink all this stuff? Do you like that? I think it's fancy, yeah. Thank you. Have you been visiting the Goodwill lately? That's what this... I think I gave these from my aunt's house. Yes. <laughs> I'd like to see it went to a good home. <laughs> I haven't been to the Goodwill in a while since I, the... I feel like I should be carrying this, like... Why isn't it called Corona phone? anymore? What do you mean? It's all COVID-19. It's easy because to be say. Corona. Because the Corona people that own the brewery didn't like that. Oh, okay. Yeah. Actually, did you did you know that this is true facts? Corona beer sales actually plummeted when they started calling it Corona. This is factual stuff. I bring facts to this program. Yes, go ahead, slam it, Johnny Rage. Well, I, I'm gonna. All right, I, I, I want to enjoy it. This. There's okay. too, yeah, many, too much fizz in it. Yeah, right. carbonation. I, you know what I'm gonna do on one of my videos? I think I'm gonna do a chug video. Those are very popular because <laughs> I have the ability to eat massive quantities of food and chug. Wow, you are gifted. That before or after how did you peppers? train for, how do you train for something like that day well what a lot of the competitive food eaters is they drink tons of water and they stretch their stomach out before after yes before now you would be full though because water makes you feel full that doesn't make no sense. what what they do is they stretch their stomach out you ever notice when you diet and then your stomach shrinks and you can't eat as much yeah so they do the opposite they stretch your stomach out by just drinking tons and tons of water why did that hot dog guy does yeah, that's what they all do. Mm-hmm. They either do it with massive amounts of food or or liquid. Mm. Mm. Interesting. So out of the more you know. So <laughs> out of five pint glasses, what are you giving <laughs> hard water, Mike Rez? Uh, two, two point five. That right. high? That high? Wow. I, I know it's is there a negative chart on this stuff? Yes. Well, you can go you can do whatever you want. Oh. There's no rules here. I, I don't know where this would rank other than horse shit. Where does that come up on your grid? <laughs> wow. Yeah. How many lemongrass? Terrible pieces would you give it? <laughs> clippings ah, this is torturous next you're gonna have me pull out some chip that's got a million oh the one oh, chip challenge yeah. fake high or whatever yeah is. next we, time johnny rage is here no, we'll do the one never, chip challenge never to me ketchup is too hot sometimes yeah you know you throw an onion in there it's really hot so when you go to the pizzeria yeah. do you put the pepper flakes on there i do i do so that's kind of hot yeah but that's controlled i can control yeah. that it's a yeah. controlled environment but i don't like to go through a torture chamber when I'm eating something. And that's what you, you guys clearly enjoy that. I don't follow the logic behind. Let's find something as hot as we can and just prove to the world that we can do it. I mean, that's basically it. What was gained by any of that? Let me ask. Well, there's two kinds of people. There's masochists and sadists. Yeah. Which one are you? Probably sadistic more. Yeah. Yes. You think so? Yeah. I derive pleasure from causing you pain, Johnny Rage. Well then, okay. All right. All right. Well, okay. you've done that with these horrible drinks. No, I did the I did the gummy bear challenge just to show my power, okay. and I made it seem like it affected me more. Oh, you really had no effect. No. Okay, that was all. You're you're, not, you're yes. great, one of our great actors. Yes, the time. thank you. I think yeah. that uh, once we took the end, you knew how high you get off of peppers. You couldn't wait to do that gummy yes. bear. Yes, I did. I did. I, I did addict. actually have to go work out after that. It was there's so much endorphins. Now let me. I saw his. He. I talked to him right after his. Uh, gummy bear challenge his voice still different it was he was clearly you were affected for how many days days it cracked my voice well my voice cracks on here so i don't know if that even counts Mm -hmm. i would say one day i still felt it in my uh powerful abs how about you uh the gummy bear was pretty much gone within three or four hours afterwards okay so you had no visible effect or any effects not from the gummy bear no no from the hot sauce stuff we did it was the next day i was still Oh man, I would not have wanted to be either. I, I think it had to do with chewing it too. Yeah. The more you chew it, the more of the pepper it releases in your mouth. How was that episode of The View, by the way? 
Oh, it was painful. You barely yeah. got through any of it. Though. I couldn't do it. Yeah. I no mas, no mas. <laughs> yeah. I think you got what you get through 10, 15 seconds of yes. that, which is how much of the yeah. gummy bear I got through. I saw Whoopi Goldberg and then Joe Behart came out. And, like, <laughs> and that was it. I'm tapping I just, out. I just threw in the towel. <laughs> throw in the damn towel. <laughs> uh, it was painful watching both of you on that uh, remarkable YouTube channel that you have here. You've created that, that powerful network. Yes. Make sure you subscribe. Amish Baby Machine YouTube channel. The most powerful YouTube channel ever created. Mm-hmm. So let's get into song of the day. We went back. To the 80s, as always. We did early 80s. On this yes, one. early 80s. My favorite period of the 80s. Yep. Today's song of the day is Send Me an Angel oh, by nice. Real Life, which everybody knows now in this, this room. This is when Diggs, being the producer here, should pop that up and give us just a little tease of it. But if you want, I can take over for that. Yes, go ahead. Tell Send us. me an angel. Send me an angel right now. Yeah, he put the drums. Yeah, in the there. powerful drum fill. Every song should have a drum fill. When a girl locks in, in a I turn and walk away. Don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. Cause you get lucky in love. Open fire on my burning. Sorry, I apologize. Oh, that's all right. We we there's no budget here for like music so i have to be that individual that all time. the beats were made by Atta me. boy bring it bring original it original beats it, bring made it. by me china 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 i want to meet that gal powerful do you think that that sound effect is like a 300 pound gal that gets paid i just want you to think that it's powerful 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 my grass I'll, I'll, I'll this. Mike Raz. Ladies and lady, lady. All right, there we go. Your old DJ days coming back with that light bright. Yes. Yeah. So it was uh, made, the uh, song was sung and uh, performed by Real Life, which is an Australian band. And uh, it was released in May 1983 and oh. then re-released in 1989. And Who did the remake? They did it themselves. Oh, that's pretty pathetic. They, they released a different version of it. What is your take, Mike Rez, on, on remastered music retakes? And uh, then I'll get to Johnny Rage. I don't know. I guess it kind of depends on how they change it. A lot of times, remasters just means that they went back and made it sound better. In this version, these two different versions, that they actually took parts of the original out. You don't usually get that in a remaster. It's just remastering a song going back to the original recordings and tweaking the treble or the bass here and there to make it sound better. But this is a, a time when they actually changed the song itself. And it, the redo reached higher in the U.S. than the original, which is weird because the original, as we discussed before we went on the air here, was a lot better. You like the original better than the remix? I do, yes. The 1983 version is better than the 1989 version. A Blue Monday by New Order. They did that too, and I think it was 1988. They did a remix. Yeah. Yep. I think wasn't the intro longer? Yeah. The, the remix, that was a good wedding DJ song. Yep. Exactly. You play that, and you just let the crowd go crazy. Yes. Go out and have a cigarette and come back. The intro still playing. So Real Life was a powerful Australian band. Correct. It is off their album Heartland, which was, uh, I believe, their debut studio album. 
Um, on the Billboard Hot 100, the song reached 29, the original, the 1983 version. But in Germany and New Zealand, it reached number one. So, Whoa. Yeah, it reached higher in uh, the little island country off of Australia than actually in Tasmania Australia itself. I just, can I just say one thing? Billboard ranks him, AT40 counts him down. Now off to the Whoa. countdown. <laughs> My God, I thought he was dead. Yes. <laughs> well, I was ready to leave. I thought you two were like in this romantic uh, gazing. <laughs> oh, you thought Johnny Rage was dead or, uh, or Casey Casey? Oh, yeah. I thought you were talking about me because don't forget about me over here, people. I shouldn't have gave him the Malord. It just took all the air. Out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> took all the air. Out. Come on, ask me a question, please, Dags. Ask me a question. I want to like participate in this discussion. Yeah, it was or, covered a dozen times. Do you know Johnny Rage? Any of the bands that covered him? Oh man. I'm probably, uh, no. No, no one will ever know, unless you're really into Give us music. some of the bands. Uh, Nets Work. Mm. Anybody? Anybody? No. no. Hobie. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, Dead Star Assembly. Oh, yeah. Yep. I'm well. Dirty on Purpose. Mmm. Sounds like craft beers is what you're mm. doing. <laughs> That's dirty on purpose would be a great craft beer. Oh, that would be a great. Let's do it. See the label now. Let's just take Miller High Life and we'll just make a bunch of labels and call it dirty craft beer. Some Malord in there. People go, this is people go, this is awesome. Put some hard water in there. Yeah. Oh, drink your hard water. I'm struggling. (laughs) Drink your hard water. Uh, And then uh, highly suspect also covered it. Whoa. Yeah. And that was off their 2016 album, of course. The boy who died wolf. So was there some local DJ that did it or on Twitter? Uh, it's a local synthwave artist, um, Observer Drift, whoa. covered it. Uh, and I can't remember who I like to say whoa a lot because Johnny Rage always comments when whoa. I say whoa. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah, so he, they covered it. I can't remember who he got to sing the vocals on it. Uh, but he redid the, uh, the music portion of it. So Observer Drift on his band camp if people want to check it out. Sweet. What is your review out of five? Five Angels? Five angels, five turntables. We're gonna give us a, a four and a half. I like it. Five that keyboard, angels. that keyboard intro though, riff is just insane. It's so cool. It's so iconic. It is. It's a good song. I love that song. Let's do a powerful segue into the TV show that we enjoyed on Netflix. High score. High score is a docu series on Netflix that was released in August of this year. And it chronicles the early 80s and 90, or yeah, the 80s and 90s video game war and councils that took place. So we, we start off with Atari, get into Nintendo, and we start talking about computer role-playing games. And then we get into Sega, the Genesis, and PlayStation. And then we also, some of the episodes they talk about. I, you said it wrong, Rez. It's PlayStation. 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 Yep. And then uh, they talk Sega. about... Mortal Kombat, and uh, some of the bigger games. Uh, I got through an episode and a half uh, because of things that came up today, but the first episode was pretty sweet. They were talking mostly about Atari and a lot of the games that came out for Atari, the big name games, Space Invaders, Pac-Man. They talked about uh, E.T. and how much of a bomb that was. Then they actually talked to the people that developed these games and what went into developing these games and why they developed them and, and how it became such big hits. And then they also talked to a couple of engineers or 
guys that were going to school to be engineers at MIT that ended up starting to build and create uh, expansion packs, basically, for some of these games um, and how they became millionaires off of all of that. Um, it was pretty, pretty interesting how they changed just to keep people to plug, plugging in quarters in these games. So if you think about it, like we talked about the social network a couple episodes ago, how these social networking sites have to keep coming up with new ideas on how to get people to keep staying on their, their apps. These guys were trying to figure out how to keep people plugging quarters in video game machines. Now, I forgot who told me this, but maybe it was one of you two. But I heard that they would uh, bring these games to college campuses and, and they would make a fortune. They'd bring it up to uh, you know, a dorm and it was in the game room. And initially, the quarters were just pounding in this, into these games. But after a while, they were getting so good at them, they couldn't figure out why there was such a decrease in income. People were mastering these games so they could go longer and they no longer needed to insert quarters, so they actually had to bump up the, the difficulty to get the quarters back into the, uh, um, to the games. Yeah, that's money. exactly what these, these guys did. They hacked the machine, and they had, like, expansion packs mm-hmm. to make it more difficult. Yeah, Diggs, I wasn't talking to you right now. I'm talking whoa. to you. Okay. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> but, yeah, that's what those MIT guys did. Do you yeah. ma- matter of fact, Diggs, do you mind, could you leave us alone? He and I, <laughs> we want to have like a romantic moment here. <laughs> We're only here because you got the stuff, okay? <laughs> Is that a roll of cords? Edit. <laughs> Edit. Right, just go with your light bright off in the corner. <laughs> Let the boys talk, okay? <laughs> I'm sorry. So what they, we were so rude. So about. what they did is they, uh, these guys came up with these expansion packs to make the games more difficult. But in the in the TV show, in the Netflix show, whatever you want to call it, they didn't make them seem like like they got sued, as yeah. well as you you think they should be sued, because they're changing the games. But yeah, I don't understand how they came off as heroes, and they just technically, you know, they I think the company saw them and go, oh, we can make money off these guys, so let's not sue them. But in actuality, I mean, all they did is they took something and they hacked it. So it's no different from the Chinese, you know, reverse engineering something too. No, um, but I think the difference is, like you said, they were readily, they were there. They could start paying them to work for them, which I think they say in the series, they came up with a settlement. They were doing work for Atari, but Atari never announced what the settlement was or why they settled, which is how this Pac-Man came out because they coming up with a different expansion pack for Pac-Man. And they got a hold of, was it Midway, Midway Games or whatever? Yeah, Midway was who, uh, Namco was the Japanese company. Right. And Midway had the rights to... Distribute it in the U.S. Yes. Yeah, so they contacted them with their expansion pack, and that's how Miss Pac-Man became. Yeah, it's a convoluted thing, because Atari was an American company. And then the Japanese got into it. There's Nintendo and Namco and different ones. So it's weird how it, it went, and it's weird when they got into Space Invaders. Did you know that those were octopi? No. I no. never knew that either. I didn't know that either. The, the designer, Johnny Rage, the designer, they interviewed him, and they showed his pictures, and he got the idea of all that space aliens based off of octopus, squids, crab. Wow. Yeah, so they showed all of his original drawings, and then he drew them bit by bit in his notebook that he brought out, which was pretty interesting. That was cool. Yeah. So, and then they, they talked to the guy who did E.T. 
And I don't know. Do you remember playing E.T. on the Atari? Because I vaguely remember playing E.T. The other thing is, is back then, I wish they kind of just blurred everything in together. The arcades. Yep. To me, the arcade experience was, was cool. And yeah. I want someone to actually talk about that. Because this was kind of just an overall generalization. And I understand that, you know, they had different stories, but they wove them all together. But back then, you had the arcade experience, and then you also had, like, the 7-Eleven experience to a gas station where they'd have one or two machines. Right. Like, what is the first machine you remember, Mike Rez, and where was it? Uh, geez. My first machine that I remember is probably Pac-Man. That's probably the first one I remember. And where was it? Um, we had a couple arcades. So there was an arcade on the west side that was just up the street from us. It was next to a laundromat. And they pretty much, I think the guy who owned the building ran both. They just cut the laundromat in half. They just built a wall and then put in a bunch of consoles in there. I remember Space Invaders and I remember Pac-Man, but Pac-Man was the one that I always go play. I can't remember what else was in there. How about you, Johnny Rage? What's the first machine you remember and where was it? Well, I mean, prior to machines, of course, I think everybody remembered the tennis game on the television. That was no, the, I'm talking about the first. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm, I'm starting from the very inception. Uh, um, what's the, Asteroids. 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 And where was it? Rockefeller's Arcade up on Larpentor in, right by the Minnesota State Fair. The great Minnesota get-together. Yes, powerful arcade. Yep. Yep. The, the first machine I remember was Galaxian, and it was right next to Asteroids. Yep. That was in Snyder's drugstore in the great city of St. Paul. Yeah, now, when we used to have 7-Elevens around here, they used to have Space Invaders and Asteroids. I remember Asteroids was big, 7-Elevens. And Asteroids was cool, but it was, it was just black and white. There was no color back then. No, nope. but it had that pulse that that got your 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 blood pump and you got nervous because it would speed up and and you knew that the game was on it's like oh my gosh they're coming faster and faster exactly what you said there but now what do you talk about you're talking about space invaders talking about space no i'm sorry that was asteroids asteroids also i think they all had i think they all stole that from each other well they did they 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 built a crescendo like it would whatever like in asteroids you you would start out with asteroids and you would bust them up yeah and right. as you broke them up they would move faster then it was spaceship would come across and then it, one would be left moving super fast and when you blew it up it would reset the, the stage yeah it was it was actually watching it kind of brought me back to the when we used to have the ataris there was a, an atari game and they didn't bring it up in the first episode. there's only six episodes but I have a feeling that they're not, they don't talk too much more about Atari after the first one. But there was a game called Mega Mania, which was huge. And it was different. There's 12 different levels. And it got more complicated as you went. And you're, it was basically like Space Invaders, but you were, you were like a little spaceship on the bottom. You could only move back and forth. And you had to destroy. Each level was a different object. The last level, everyone called it Oreo Cookies because it, it looked like, cookies falling down on you but they were spaceships that were at an angle and if you could get in the right spot and find that that pattern that it went in you could go back and forth miss them all and destroy them and then you'd flip the game they would call it so you'd beat the game and then start back over on level one but it got harder and harder every time you flip the game now over the course of this show did they ever talk about the number one biggest game ever that drew the most money or made or 
terms of, and I'm, I'm talking old school. I don't mean like, uh, battlefield one or two or 10 or whatever. I'm talking about the old arcade game. What was like the biggest, best, most popular game? Uh, in episode one, um, during that time frame that they're talking about in episode one, it was Pac-Man. Yeah. And then in episode two, uh, it's Donkey Kong. I was going to say Donkey If I were to guess, I, I was going to guess Donkey Kong. Yeah, because that's when Nintendo started coming out. So they already, Nintendo was big in Japan, and they talk about, from what, up until what I saw, they started talking about the different designs of the NES console here in the United States. It did seem like, if you take a look at the cell phone, it took a, at a rapid pace, we had instant technology, and every year, phone got better and better over the course of five to ten years. Doesn't seem like the video game world. Now, grant you, technology was much different back then, but didn't it seem to transform itself at a much slower pace in terms of what we have from the endpoint today to when we first started? It was such a large span before we actually had the graphics and, and the capabilities that we have today. Doesn't that seem like a long period, or, or no? Am I wrong on that? You know what I'm saying here? Yeah, but yeah, it, it's pretty cool. I mean, how they go along. They even talk about in the first episode some of the consoles that. People probably never heard of that existed. They talked about that one engineer had his two kids on there talking. He developed some, what was it called? The F, I don't remember, the F24 or something like that. It's yellow cartridges in a console, but nobody remembers that one except for them because their dad developed it. Did you actually have an Atari growing up? We did, yeah. We had an Atari, and then we went into the PC gaming for a little bit and then we got the nes how about you guys jenny Rich? we did not as children i grew up a uh, very poor family and we uh, have such luxuries like that you know we just hoped for breakfast lunch and dinner back whoa then. yeah um, what's weird downer. i thought was back then it was all about kids what children the children played video games and adults didn't and now like with the ps5 and the new xbox x coming out it's all adults yeah and well, the games got games are way different now than they were. I mean, like then you had Cubert, and now you have Battlefield Five or whatever you got. Black Ops is coming yeah. out. Call of Duty, you, you, Fortnite, Grand Theft Auto. It went well. What's weird is the video game started out as aliens attacking, and then they they were concerned, but they wanted women, girls. Actually, back then it wasn't women; it was girls to play. So they got into Donkey Kong and. Pac-Man, Ms. Pac-Man. They wanted to get away from non-threatening, you know, threatening things into non-threatening, and now it's gone full circle back to killing people. Well, I think they probably realize that it's a male's game, don't you think? I mean, how many, what's the percentage of female that actually do video games now? I would say very small percentage. I don't know, but I know role-playing, you know, like World of Warcraft is huge. Yeah, those PC games are pretty big. My kid goes back and forth. He's got a PS4, and he built his own PC, but he goes back. He's got the same games on both. He goes back and forth between, because now they're kind of interchangeable. He can play against his friends on either one. It kind of just depends on which one he feels like logging on to. What did you think of the actual show, not the topic? Uh, The show was fine, actually. It's probably one of the better docuseries that I've watched. keeps you entertained. But, I mean, it's a topic that I... Come on, not better than Tiger King. Well, nothing can beat Tiger King. Okay, I mean, Carol Baskins wasn't in there. Speaking of Tiger King, that's why I didn't like, because now every documentary, I think, feels like it has to be some big hit. So they have to, like, they had the guy, the 
the Nintendo, the game counselors. Yeah, the guy with the mullet. Yeah. Yep. But he had put the fake mullet on, and yep. they had to make him like the Tiger <laughs> Look like King. like the Tiger King. He did look like the Tiger yeah. King, yeah. And what's weird is because those those guys in the dorms, they hack the machine, and then this guy cheats to get his job. Right. So what does that tell you, kids? To cheat and yeah. steal and cheat hack, and, and you're going to become successful. Job. Yeah. Well, uh, who is the guy that started, uh, had the first company in Silicon Valley that they talked about in the first show? I can't remember his name, for God's sake. But they were talking about how his, uh, it was probably Atari US or whatever. They were hiring engineers, and he pretty much was like, if you want to start at noon, you can start at noon. You can leave at midnight if you want. You're saying there people were smoking pot in the hallways, and people were hooking up everywhere. Yeah, that's kind of like... <laughs> Do you remember that was that term used open school? Do you remember that, Johnny Rage? Yeah. No, I didn't. Open not. school, I remember open so school. So open school was the same way where there was no rules. You basically just gotta get your work done. And some people thrive on that and some people don't. I mean, if you don't have structure, like a job like that, all I'd be sitting there is playing with a koosh ball or whatever, you know, not getting your work done. Versus if you have structure, you know, like the military, the reason it's so successful is People know what they're doing. Everyone wears a uniform. Everyone's equal. But you have one of those jobs where you don't have to do anything and you just show up. Right. If you're not set up that way, you're not going to get anything done. Right. Kind of yeah. like, like this podcast, basically. Kind of. Or should you put uniforms in all of this? Oh, powerful edit. It would be more successful. <laughs> when do I get my Amish baby machine t-shirt, by the way? Yes. Yes? I, I haven't even got the assistant manager one yet. I need to get him one. Well, I think I have been here i've got longevity over him so yes yes <laughs> yes carry on nolan bushnell is his powerful yeah he's the guy that was the no rules smoke pot and screw everyone you can find in the in the office is i i'm interested in the early days of arcades i like the actual going to the arcade and you had to put your quarters on the machine it was just really a weird thing, and no one really talked to each other. You would just go there in these dark rooms and play these video games for hours at a time. Yeah, why was it always dark? They could see the screen better? Yeah. The it was just, it's just a weird, it was a weird place, and here in the great state of Minnesota, the state fair had massive arcades all over. Penny yeah, arcades. and two big ones now still. And it was just amazing that the sound was cranked up and people would, you would pay to get into the fair and then you would spend all day playing video games. Right. Now, have either one of you been to Astoria, Oregon? Negative. No, sir. No, sir. They have this sweet retro arcade with Donkey Kong and Paperboy, Cubert, Joust, all of that. 25 cents. No game more than 50 cents. Wow. So if you ever find your way out west in Astoria, Oregon, where they shot many, many movies, including the Goonies, there's a sweet arcade. I got a question for you. What would lead one to Astoria, Oregon? Uh, We were at a wedding in Hood River, Oregon, which is in the middle of the state, and then we just traveled out to the coast for a couple days. Okay. To Seaside, and then we headed north. Was that recently? Uh, Four years ago. Okay. Because they say weddings... Uh, you can get the COVID. So I was going to step. I was going <laughs> to step six feet away. Yeah. No. This was this was back when you could get together and have fun okay. with people. Yeah. Because I can't imagine waking up one day and say, "Honey, we're going to Astoria." You know. Because <laughs> I mean, a video arcade would, would that Dags, Would you make that trek? I mean, you 
that is kind of your your deal. I mean, maybe you could get excited about that. Well, I think it's it was an amazing time time period that no one's talking about. Like this show, just kind of just glazed over or whatever a good word is. What's a good word for that? Just terrific. You know what I mean? Just get, they kind of went into the council versus the stand up arcade, and it right. didn't work that way. I mean, it worked that they had the arcade, they had the arcades, they had the, you know, a couple machines and gas stations. And then eventually Atari came out with the, with their shitty versions of it too. They act like in this show that everything was great. No, they was horrible. The graphics on them were horrible. I mean, look at E.T., how bad that was. Right. Yeah. And the, the Pac-Man Atari version was shitty. Yes. It was nothing like the arcade, but was it Nintendo that started the... The, the arcade you could do the arcade mode or you could do whatever the other mode was standard mode or whatever it is yes. but they they gave you a choice yes. in which mode you wanted to play in yeah but i would have liked to got into the actual culture of the arcade i think that's cool you do the history of that and as far as you i mean you go where do you go johnny ridge you go on your trips on your history tours mm-hmm. yeah how is that any different well, I think there is some more significance in going to South Dakota Black Hills uh, than there is to Astoria, Oregon, to play uh, Galaga or something like that. There's just more depth and more history in Washington, D.C. I mean, what would rank higher? Not, not that I fault the man for having such a pathetic life that he has to go to Astoria, Oregon. I mean, I mean if that's what rocks your world, then do it, you know? But I just find it to be... Uh, I, I just curious. I, I just, I'm the guy that asks why Astoria, Oregon, and, and he answered the question. So, but I, I enjoy participating in the historic, historic history of this great country 40 contiguous has to offer here. And if there was an arcade, now, okay, I did go to the Evil Knievel Museum. Why? Okay, now he's taking <laughs> shots at me. He's trying to get back at me. Um, I, I'm a huge fan. Who's not a fan in this room? Show hands of Evil Knievel. That's not hands. That's a head shake. <laughs> well, I was saying I agree with you. I mean, Evil Knievel is pretty sweet. And they, there's, a, there's a museum in Topeka, Kansas of Evil Knievel. But we didn't specifically drive to Topeka, Kansas to see the Evil Knievel Museum. We bundled with multiple other things, you know, and we caught that on the way back. And it's a pretty cool museum. They actually had an um, interactive where you'd get on a motorcycle and then you put your, what do you call that, virtual reality set on there. And you were actually, you, took, you did a jump on his motorcycle. It was pretty cool. So. Did you break any bones in real life doing those jumps? No, but he never broke every single bone in his body, as they will always tell you. You'll always hear that statistic. He broke as many bones as the body has, but that could be same bone multiple times, but he never broke every bone. It's hyperbole, gotcha. Johnny Rage. That's There's 206 break. bones in the body. So he's okay. had 206 yes. bone breaks. He's yes. had 206 bone breaks. Not every bone in his body was broken. I want to clarify that. And you heard it here at Amish Baby Machine. So, See, I think museums are boring. Like an actual arcade where you could play. But museums, what are There's velvet ropes and there's some stupid <laughs> plaque and there's some dusty painting. And George Washington's penis brushed up against this chair. Whoa. You know, or like, what's, 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 the, what's the big um, statue sculpture in... South Dakota, they never finish. Crazy Horse? Yeah. yeah that's, Where are they going to finish that? Why I, don't they use nukes? I think it's a scam. I don't yes. think they ever are going to. I mean, we ought to build something like half-ass and say, well, this is what it's going to look like, and then 
make actual pictures of what it's going to look like and, and make a fortune off of it. That's the biggest scam running here in America. Is that crazy? I've seen crazy horse. Okay. And you're so compelled. It's so close to, to, uh, the black Hills faces that you have to go there. They charge you an arm and a leg and well, this is what it's going to, they've been going, they will not take government money to do this. Take the damn money, get this thing finished. Okay. But, uh, I do not like crazy horse. Cause it, when we looked at it as a kid and now I'm in my thirties, and it looks just like uh, the same thing. There's been no progress on Crazy Horse. Have you seen it, Mr. Rez? Uh, just in commercials where they show like... The fireworks shooting <laughs> up over it. Well, no, I think one of the South Dakota tourism commercials they yeah. actually showed part of it exploding. Yeah. And that's yeah. probably as far as they got. Yeah, that's... <laughs> and they've got equipment up their stage. Like, right. let's make them think, well, it's like Monday at two. Why isn't anybody working on that? I don't think they've touched that thing and they have no desire to finish that. They're making a fortune as it sits, you know? Right getting people to go look at you should almost open up the studio like a museum here i mean when people have time they can come tour the studios of the amish baby machine Dags, what do you think do you like that idea powerful idea you know in astoria you could go see after you've finished the arcade you go to the goonies museum and they have velvet ropes in the museum actually (laughs) (laughs) but they have the suv with the bullet holes whoa yep they've got that it's the actual um police station that they show in the beginning and they have the cells and everything set up, but there's velvet ropes in there as well, though. I can top that story, Rez. I was to the Christmas story house in Cleveland, Ohio. Yeah, yeah. Nice. I'm pretty cool. Yep. So you, you know what that is, Dags, the Christmas story house? No, tell us. The kid that wants to get the BB gun for Christmas. Hey kid, just shoot your eye out. Well, that was actually filmed in Hollywood, California, like most is, but they always have those two or three scenes that they have to physically go to some town because it, it, it make i don't know why they do this they can't just do it on stage in, in california so they actually picked out a house in cleveland and they filmed most outside scenes there but then they'd shoot back to hollywood and do everything on the inside because they're not filming anything on the inside but a guy bought it gutted it out and recreated the entire house to look like christmas story house and that's where i've been so cleveland ohio were those dogs still running around <laughs> deleting the turkey god they just came in and they just <laughs> Goddamn hounds. Yeah, the hounds just came in. <laughs> <laughs> you goddamn hounds. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. <laughs> Gavin, what's his name? Gavin McLeod? Is this, uh, Nate Stalker? But he got two million bones for doing that show. And then they did a live version of it on Fox this past Christmas. You know, so anyway. Powerful. Yeah. Mike Rez, we're going to wrap this powerful episode up. You're going to drop some beats to do that? You want some beats? Yeah. There we go. Please, 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 please rise. Powerful Mike Raz. Mike Raz. Powerful Mike Raz. I'll lead an effective strategy to mobilize true international effort to pressure. True international effort to pressure. There we go. Well, I hope you guys had a good time tonight on the most powerful podcast ever created. Hey, when's payday for this? Exactly. I got a lot of editing to do after this. There'll be this much left of Johnny Rage. Johnny Ray, you have a podcast. Why don't you tell the fans of hey, Black Mamas about your podcast? Thank you for letting me tell people. It's called In Your Face. It's on all the places that you can find podcasts. Hosted by yours truly, Johnny Rage, In Your Face Podcasts. We're going to be uh, probably recording one very soon, so look to that in the next couple of days. Powerful. Make sure you guys check us out on Twitter at Amish Bee Machine. Follow us on Instagram. Like our Facebook page. Make sure you subscribe on YouTube and check out Mike Rez's Twitter at Mike Rez Radio. 
And until next time, you've just enjoyed the Amish Baby Machine Pop Culture Podcast. Thank you for listening to the Amish Baby Machine Pop Culture Podcast. It is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and everywhere else fine podcasts are found. Please support our podcast through Patreon and shop our merch at AmishBabyMachine.com. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. This has been an Amish Baby Machine production.